On this week's episode of Good For You, friends don't let friends shop on Amazon without goodbye. Or shop on Amazon. Period. Yeah, because you could just (laughs) use goodbye. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Good For You. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. podcast about the things we ghosted, the purchases that haunt us, and best products, services, and industry happenings in the wellness, well-being, and spiritual space. We're going to give you a healthy little dose of fun. We're going to talk about the things that are happening in pop culture, the ones that got away, the things in our cart that are haunting us or ghosting us, our strong opinions that are loosely held. <laughs> we like to call this the Grex. The group text. The group text in your ear. So come say hello. Join us in the audio Grex, where friends don't let friends get, get scammed. scammed. Hello, how's your weekend? (laughs) (laughs) It was good. I got to see you, albeit briefly, to say goodbye before you moved to New York. And now you're in New York. How does it feel? Do you feel different? Is your cellular energy functioning, thriving, vibing at a different speed? Definitely. I feel already hungover, even though I haven't drank. (laughs) I just wake up hungover here with no alcohol. (laughs) I'm really excited for the idea that people say your hair and your skin is better on the coast that you were born. I'm just waiting for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, how long until it kicks in? Because it's been 48 hours. It's about time. I need that. I'm ready to look gorgeous. Showed up. Glowed up. (laughs) Cue. Taylor Swift, welcome to New York. My sister, I have a group chat with my sister and my sister-in-law, and it has been going absolutely mad over Taylor Swift's impending <gasps> concerts because we're trying to Oh get yeah, tickets. did you get tickets? No, tickets go on sale on November 15th. So we've got a game plan. We are- What's the plan? Well, we all did pre-sale in our own different ways. I have a Capital One card, which means I get a Capital One pre-sale, which is cool. And um, we all have different locations that we're supposed to select. We have our budget for how much we want to spend, although we do need to solidify it because mm. my sister's the least fate, like the least Taylor fan of the three of us, but she really has been welcomed into the cult. And mm. we've re- recruited her in, and now I think she's more of a stand than she thought she was. I think she would pay more today than she would have two weeks ago just based on the amount of Taylor Swift I know she's listened to. We have a we have a loose game plan. The cult is working her magic on <laughs> exactly. your sister. She's exactly. been indoctrinated. Exactly. She's been indoctrinated. <laughs> That's exactly right. She's in it. We've hypnotized her with Taylor Swift's and Jack Antonoff's just like smooth producing skills. So it's been fun. It's fun to like to like things. It, exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> to unapologetically like things that are a little cringe. It's so fun to like things. It's way more fun to be interested in something That's than true. just to be standoffish about lots of things. As we say, it, not liking things is not a personality. Nope. <laughs> but I was also indoctrinated into the Harry Styles cult and fully there I am. Okay, are you listening to the latest album on repeat? Or are you going all the way back in the discography to like One Direction days? Because there's some pretty good One Direction songs. Like Yes, which he played at his concert, some of the best ones. Wow. I'm not really going back that far, although I feel like we talked about it on this podcast. Uh, I read an amazing book about fan culture, looking at fan culture through the lens of One Direction fandom, kind of in the earlier aughts, the heyday of Tumblr. And I highly recommend that book. We will link it in the show notes. It's honestly a great gift for any of your nerdy. You gifted it to me. I did. I (laughs) I was just like, read it. (laughs) But I really grew an appreciation for fan culture in general through that book and One Direction as a result. But at the Harry Styles concert, I was behind young women who were crying and screaming as if it were the days of the Beatles, which my mom described to me that she was one of those young girls. So all that to say, I am a fan of the fan cultures. And wasn't there something about what the fans had done to help get her 10 out of 10 on the top billboard something? 
something. Well, Taylor Swift is a mastermind to point to her last song on the official album. (laughs) She released four versions of the record, like of the actual vinyl. So lots of fans bought four versions of the record as opposed to just one press of the record. So that means that her vinyls, you know, like shot up. She sold a bunch because they're like limited edition. They made a clock if you put them in order. And (laughs) so stupid. And she also released each track as a single for like 69 cents as opposed to 99 cents, I think, on Apple Music. She's so, like, haha, 69. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So or something like that. And I mean, she's a capitalist queen. She she definitely figured out the strategy of like how she was going to get herself into the top 10 hot 100 list. And she did. Girlfriend did it. She's a mastermind. I don't even know if you can be mad. You just have to be impressed. No. You know, I'm impressed by her. Yeah. You know what? Some might say she's girl boss. but some might not say that (laughs) some might be offended like Sophia Amoroso who came up with the term girl boss right that has been weaponized against her she's far too many times I feel like she's lucky that that's the only thing that's been weaponized against her yeah I mean she's not the most likable character (laughs) in the plot not that people have to be likable in order to be respected but I mean notoriously toxic boss (laughs) and like an abusive boss yes and i think that this is a segue into something we wanted to discuss which is a tweet by (laughs) sophia amoruso it's a bit of a tweet storm yes it's a thread it is a thread so we're definitely not going to read the whole thread because that would be terribly boring but we'll link to it so you guys can take it in if you dare to go into the like literal garbage fire that is twitter yeah by all means Stay safe out there. Yes. And although I don't agree with a lot of things that she has done, although I do believe she has admitted a lot of her wrongdoing and maybe apologized for some of it, tried to be better, but I think, you know, that doesn't make news. So she tweeted, I've been quiet for too long regarding the unfair slaughtering of female founders and girl boss culture. I did my best. I wrote a book that inspired 500k plus readers who bought it. Countless editors have reached out to me asking for comment. And the thread goes on. And I think what's interesting about this whole discussion is really more of the idea of the slaughtering of female founders. And there was, I forget who published this, but I saw somebody writing about this. Maybe it was on Twitter too. There was some article being suggesting you go as your favorite disgrace girl boss for mm-hmm. Halloween, including like the Wang founder, Sophia Amoruso, and Elizabeth Holmes. And I do think it's a little crude to put them all in the same category, but that is the internet and that makes funny headlines. But I do think it's interesting, this whole discussion around tearing down girl bosses, which we've constantly been talking about, and the idea of that, and it's complex, and we're not going to go into it now. You can listen to all of the other episodes where we talk about it. (laughs) Every single episode, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's a common thread. But I just thought it was interesting to see a little tweet from her pop up. Me too. I mean, I think she's a pretty complicated character. You know, she started Nasty Gal and there was a lot of shit that went wrong there and it was not a good work environment and it crashed and burned. And, you know, as she was sort of simultaneously on this tour of Girlboss, Girlboss tour, talking about like how successful she was, her business went bankrupt literally like overnight. Yeah. And then she started Girlboss Media that also tanked and had to like be quote unquote acquired by one of their investors. Now it's sort of like a, I don't know, it's kind of dawdling along. They had an office in Silver Lake. <laughs> TBT, they used to have an office on Sunset. And and there's nothing wrong with failing at all. Like it, it's important and most businesses fail. But I don't know, I feel like there's something about Sophia that's still a little like off-putting. Cringe, a little cringe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. I think I, I've had a, a personal experience with her that I think I've talked yeah, about on this podcast. That was cringe. She did not really defy these stereotypes. <laughs> exactly. Like during her sort of like redemption, you know, her redemption arc was girl boss where she was like, I'm trying to be a different type of leader and I'm trying to be mm. XYZ. But like my experience was that wasn't that different. But hey, you know, like... She doesn't owe me anything. We don't know each other. I think that, though, you're right. 
the point that she's making here is like shitting on women for being like female founders and highlighting their mistakes or amplifying their mistakes when we like ignore most of the time what boy bosses are doing completely is totally unfair and like to have the connotation of girl boss only be something negative as opposed to something positive which it initially was is like mm, peak misogyny probably and like how can we reclaim perhaps girl boss the way that we've reclaimed the word bimbo or whatever (laughs) by reintroducing the term boy boss Let's bring everyone down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's equalize the hatred. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It's complicated. There are some people who don't want women, women CEO or, you know, I'm a female founder. They don't want that associated with them at all. They want to just be a founder. Yeah. And there are lots of people on the other side who are like, no, I want to be part of female founder world or, mm-hmm. you know, girl boss nation or whatever it might be. And I don't know. What side do you fall on? Let's put you on the spot. I fall on the side of, this is a slight tangent, but I promise it's related. (laughs) When we saw the film Barbarian the other night, and I saw that my first glimpse that the monster might be not a typical male in their... No Michael Myers. No Michael Myers. I saw that the monster had... Breasts. And immediately I was like, oh, can't be that bad. Because <laughs> I was really scared <laughs> for the first 15 minutes of the film. I was like, I can't make it through this. Yeah. I'm terrorized. And then I saw the breasts and I was like, oh, we're fine. I'm at ease. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she has her reasons. Exactly. <laughs> you know, she's girl bossing and you can't hate her for that. I respect her revenge arc. Whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, I already respect it. Not to have a reason, okay? She yeah. wouldn't just do this for just for shits and giggles. Yes, no, no, no. there's a really good article in The Decider about why male horror directors are so scared of old women because they've so been good. really good. It was shared in last week's email for Good For You. If you're not already part of the Good For You email, sign up. It's free. It's really good. All the hot links for the hot ghouls. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be interesting at parties or interesting to yourself, <laughs> Great if you don't want to go to parties. If you want to masturbate your own mind. <laughs> exactly. If you want to impress your friends via text, like, oh yeah, drop some hot knowledge, join the good for you email. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. It's like, oh yeah, old ladies are scary to lots of men. Men. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's so much in there. It's such a good article. But I think in terms of where I stand on the side of that, I do think it's a tough call because not too long ago, I saw a curated exhibit at the Met that was described like women using cameras from the (laughs) 1920s to the 2020 or something. And then it was just like, like, this is the only thing they have in common. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Women can use technology. It was so bad. (laughs) And every once in a while, you're like, wait, this is at the Met. Right. Right. What's happening? (laughs) Why are we scraping the bottle of the barrel here? Like you guys have so much gorgeous art that you could produce and carry into a thoughtful. So many other threads to pull there. But all of this makes me think about our guests that we have this week, Carrie and Kara from the Goodbye app and Chrome extension and overall amazing company. Because at the end of the episode, we talk a little bit more about what's trending in their world and on their app and what they've been noticing. And one of those things is female-founded companies that people are really gravitating towards those, which is not surprising because who wouldn't? Girls have good taste. (laughs) Yeah. It really makes me think about the ratio of women at certain companies and what that means for the culture of the company, how things are run. And that does affect my personal investment in things subconsciously because there is an element where similar to seeing the monster and her breasts, I was like, oh, I feel a little bit more safe now. (laughs) Yeah. Her intentions are probably good. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. As a consumer, I feel like I know how hard it is to start your own thing, period. I know what it's been like for me and I happen to be a woman, right? And I imagine with the stats that we have around, you know, less than 2% of women are the ones who raise venture capital. 
to start lots of these types of businesses that exist. Like I want to help as much as I possibly can. I don't have millions of dollars to like invest in people yet, but I can vote with my dollar and try to support as much as I can with my, you know, my limited influence. So it's cool. And like, I think it's just interesting to see the solutions that people create that are outside of the sort of like heteronormative solutions, right? And for example, I'm about to give birth, all of these products that like have been created by moms, because like moms uniquely have been through this experience where they're like, why the fuck doesn't this thing exist? Like, I can't believe that I'm doing X, Y, Z. And then they like make it. And it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we need in, in the culture. You know, we need different people's perspectives and ways of like finding solutions. Their squiggly brains or their nonlinear ways of like basically solving our problems. And Kara and Carrie talk about that exactly, that intuition is one of their pillars of running their business, which we very much agree and identify with. And, Deeply stand. And I think that goes along with also owning that you're a fucking weirdo <laughs> because <laughs> the conversation opens with exactly that, talking about the unique intersection of being people who are interested in all the things that we talk about on this podcast and how reality TV Bravo specifically (laughs) incorporates into that and also matters. Yeah. Wait, I feel like we totally did not explain what goodbye is. It's this awesome app extension that basically the point is to get you off of Amazon or big box stores, you know, Amazon is responsible for, what did they say, 50% of online shopping. It's like 47, something like that. Something insane. And reroute you to smaller businesses or small business owners and products. The products that like, maybe you could find it on Amazon, but you could also find it at a local store that'll ship it to you within the same number of days and maybe even offers it more cheaply. And it's the exact same product, but you're helping a small business in your community. And they've got an amazing curation platform. So all of our ghouls out there who are always looking for the coolest new thing, you're going to love it. And it's so easy to use. I've been using it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that it stops me in my tracks when I am shopping for something on Amazon and it shows me other options. It just gives me a moment to really think about like, oh, why am I buying this thing? Do I need to buy it here? And what is what really matters to me? Like, do I need it tomorrow or can I wait a couple of days and like maybe support a small business? Absolutely. The only thing I want to add is that they have a mobile app now, which I haven't begun exploring because I've loved the Chrome extension so much. As we discussed recently, we are desktop. <laughs> yeah, we don't do not ask me to send an email over my phone. It's not going to happen. No, nope. never. No, nope, I cannot. I physically can't send an email over my phone. <laughs> I guess I'm middle aged millennial now. So their mobile app is recently launched and also great. I checked it out after we chatted and I'm pretty converted because I'm happy to shop on my phone. I just can't email on my phone. So we're going to stop talking and let you hear this really fun interview because Carrie and Kara are really awesome on so many levels and they will blow you away. They're incredible humans and really cool founders. I think Michelle and I were both like awestruck and moms hashtag inspiration. (laughs) And they started their business while they, I think we're both having their second kids. So for any of you moms out there, there's a lot of mom content on the app as well. So we will let you get into it. We're huge fans of Goodbye. We started using, let's see, we actually featured the extension probably six months ago in our newsletter that goes up to like 80,000 people. And we've been kind of using it ourselves at Holisticism and it's good for you and we love it. And then you sent that great email a couple of weeks ago and I was like, we have to talk to them. We got to, we got to get them on the show. So we're really excited that you're here. Oh, that's so exciting. It's so exciting reading your description. I was like, well, these are my people. Because as soon as I saw like sexy, unique, and I was like, this is a reference to Sir, I'm positive. (laughs) These are Bravo dumpster people who care about conscious capitalism. This is like the perfect Venn diagram of who I am. So I was thrilled. I have to share with you all how, how excited Carrie was. I always say to her, like, Carrie puts 
the utmost attention and seriousness to everything she does. So she researches everything that's important to her. She knows a lot. I call her Dr. Carrie, but she does the same amount of research and intention, you know, puts the same amount of intention toward Vanderpump rules as she does <laughs> on like what she, who she's going to vote for. And so she, she delivers everything with that amount of intensity. Like I'm supposed to know who every character is on every Bravo show. It's really about married to medicine. It's the hill I will die on that it's the best <laughs> show on Bravo. And that is like my calling in life is to just be like an evangelical married to medicine person. So I'm, I'm just, wow. that's what I'm here for. I'm owning my truth. You and Michelle are cut from the same cloth because I was going to say, Kara, your description of Carrie is how I would describe Michelle in many ways. (laughs) So yeah, it's like everything is equal. It's an equal opportunity to deep dive into a black hole and get stuck there for three hours. Like, oh, that's so Carrie. (laughs) It is. It is. It's an opportunity. And it's like, I just, you know, I did the whole thing where I like played fantasy football, dumb shit like that. You spend so much time watching people like harm each other and that is like real and legit and respected but these stories these shows about people's relationships and families and histories are not respected and I'm like this is so much more interesting I'm learning so much more about people and like it's dramatic and it's absurd and I recognize that but like I love it I love it and like what's the difference between quoting E.E. Cummings and Sheree like (laughs) no there's none there's literally none they're exactly the same same person (laughs) we talk about this constantly (laughs) because you know women's interests typically has been so gendered so why can't we learn about ourselves through Bravo just as much as we can ESPN. Come on. It's not that interesting. Agreed. Agreed. And I feel like Danny Pellegrino is like the single greatest like human (laughs) and like person who just reps women and moms and women in their fifties and sixties. And I'm like, these are groups that aren't represented whose stories are considered not interesting. And yet they are like, they're fascinating and their lives are full and they're doing so much. And like, I don't know. I just think they deserve way more time and way more of our attention. So yeah, it's just as important to me as who we're voting for. Love that. I'm going to put you on a hot tip. If you're not already following Kardashian colloquium, no. you should. Oh yeah. Exciting. Okay. I'm like going to, I had, I put my phone away for me so I distract, but I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is kind of one of the reasons we even started this podcast is we feel shopping and consumption and how we go about doing it tells us so much about ourselves and about society as does reality TV. And why can't we also be intellectually stimulated by these things if we're looking at them closely from a cultural lens? And it's fun. We want to have fun because why not? What's the point? Yes, they don't have to be separate. I, I yes, I love. That. They don't have to be separate, and and so much so that letting you in on a little secret about our business. But we obviously get a lot of organic interest in Goodbye, and there's you know we're growing and learning about the best ways to market our business. But one of the ways, one of the audience sets we market to is based on a theory that a lot of our you know core audience who are like intellectual women and millennial years, sort of prime spending years of their lives are interested in reality TV to offset the deep thinking that they're doing in the day and to help them understand themselves better. And so some of them are successful audience targeting happens inside of Bravo audience targeting terms. Wow. Voila. Oh my God. I would love to see behind the curtain on that, mm-hmm. like all, all those analytics and the, yeah, how what did you're you targeting. Discover? We discovered it a lot on our own insights. I mean, Carrie and I built this business off of our own needs. I mean, we were so tired of all the effort and labor it took while having children at home, you know, to find items that we wanted to find, you know, a resafe sunscreen from a business that you want to support or from an AAPI owned business. I mean, if you wanted to find that on your own in your own research, you're three hours in a, in a, in a black hole, like you just said, versus, you know, easily going somewhere and finding it. So we think intuition is a superpower here, truly. I think that's one thing that women have that is quite special. And it's one of our core values, you know, with with our tiny team that helps this business run. And I think we put intuition on a pedestal because audience targeting isn't just data. It is us understanding who we are as women, who we are as shoppers, and then listening to those instincts and 
trying some new audience sets based on it. And they happen to be successful typically when we're tapping into something like what we're all talking about here. It's four women, like-minded women who, you know, are all very into Bravo and adjacent TV shows. So anyway, yeah, I think it all really just stems from us being empowered women who listen to our own guts and our data. Mm, I love that. It's something that we've noticed at Good For You. It seems like a lot of what we have in common with Goodbye is that people don't want to live in the extremes, right? Like we primarily work in the wellness space, but we also have a lot of overlap with people who care about the environment and sustainability and making conscious choices and being conscious consumers, right? And so much uh, of the languaging about being a conscious consumer is like, make your own bread and go zero waste. Yeah. And, and you're like, never allowed to buy anything so ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's so extreme, right? And if you ever, God forbid, buy something from a big box store, then you should feel guilty. You should, you are bad. And um, you're, you are single-handedly ruining the planet. And it's like, whoa, there's, um, there's like some nuance in there, right? There's got to be something in the middle. Yes. Yes. And so much of that messaging too, I think is just based off of, like people who should be making institutional systemic change, just putting it back on us, right? Like it's it's such gaslighting to be like, you as an individual made this bad choice and that's why it's happening. Not like we as a government haven't decided to outlaw single-use plastics. It's like, this is how it is. And so every single person, every single day has to make a bunch of individual choices. So this is just exhausting versus saying like, here is, I mean, that was the whole point for us. Like we're two moms with two little kids in a pandemic with like four Amazon boxes showing up to my house every day. I don't even know what's in half of them. They pop out with like a little piece of bubble wrap, just enough to be like, Oh, fuck you. You know? And like (laughs) one little piece of paper that doesn't even say anything. And I'm like, I don't, none of this means anything to me. Like it's a way of getting by, but I, I don't like how I feel, but it's easy. And I think our whole point was like, this is not about every individual working so hard to like rise their own, leaven their own bread or do whatever it is they're doing. Like it should be about being the person you're being. And then where you have the opportunity to like make a slightly easier choice or a different choice or whatever, just like having those two options be equal. Cause that's really our belief is like when faced with two equally simple, straightforward choices, we'll make the quote unquote good one, which to us is about, supporting diverse communities, small businesses, sustainable businesses that, you know, that to us is good. And it just has been like accompanied by way too much individual labor before. Yeah. That's one of the things I like so much about you guys choosing the Chrome extension as this is the first thing that we're going to focus on because it interrupts the pattern. It removes the friction of honestly, (laughs) our whole section of Haunted Cart is somewhat dedicated to the friction you experience of trying to decide between 10 different purchases of the best baby carrier. And then you're like, I'm just going (laughs) to let this languish in my cart for two weeks, take up this subconscious space in my head. And I'm not going to make the decision because it feels like too much work to actually do the research I know I need to do to make the decision that I want. You know, it's kind of a different perspective on it, but I think there's something really interesting about for 10, 15 years, we were all a part of the rise of the internet, right? And we had this loving term that I think we call, we all universally call this era, the information age, but we've gotten to this place where it's too much, right? Like you are literally just you're stagnant in your decision-making power, whether you're sitting down to watch a show on Netflix or, oh wait, not Netflix, HBO or Hulu, or you cannot aggregate your own decision-making, right? And that's why all these jokes are out there about what do you want for dinner, honey? And it's like, I don't fucking care. Like I, (laughs) the amount of decisions when I'm trying to buy like, right, a coffee table, it's like, it's paralysis at this point. And so I have this sort of theory and it's what we've really built a lot of our e-commerce thesis around as we built Goodbye is this sort of move from the information age into the aggregation age. And it's those, hopefully, like Goodbye and, and other tools that are doing the same that help give people their time back, make things easier and better more often in a streamlined way that allow you to sort of keep everything in one space. And and I'm going to share like a product feature, but it it feels like totally salesy, but I have to share it because 
you know, I think as shoppers, like all of us, right, you're using Goodbye. Most of the time, I imagine you go home and you sit on your couch like every other person our age and you open up Instagram at some point, right? And you're aimlessly scrolling and you've got your own way of saving things, right? Like you're like screenshotting random shit and then you're saving things into a folder and then you're like linking something out to a friend. And then the moment that you're like, wait, I saw this cool vase and and you like cannot find it anywhere, right? And this is back to the aggregation point. These are the things, you know, you go back to the ease of shopping and the ease of aggregating your cart and the things that you want to buy and make those decisions easier. We're trying to create tools and opportunities a la our new wish list launch. So we're actually allowing folks when you have the extension installed, especially on mobile, Mm. If you have the extension installed on mobile, next week, you can go to any one of our 180,000 stores directly. So if you went to, let's just throw one, Amsam, you throw, you go out there directly. You go to Wildling Beauty, you know, they're, they're on our tool as well. You go directly to their site. If you have the extension installed, you can actually heart any of their products and store it to goodbye. So you can store any single brand that you know and love, that you've been served, the R places of the world, the Brightlands, the Caraways, the Omsoms, you know, you know all these, you're nodding. You can store them to one place. So the moment you need to buy them, they're there for you and you're not wasting so much time. I think when Carrie and I built the tool, like you said, it's intercepting you. You're not having to think about it. Like if I want to divert that purchase, I will because you showed me an an awesome result. And if I don't want to, and I just want to buy these diapers on Amazon, I will. And I'm not going to feel any sort of way about it. It's just how much more often can we make things more aggregated and easier for folks to find the things they want the moment they want them and to support the people they want to support. You know, and I think that's really like, I know I'm always like, it feels like selling goodbye, but I truly believe in in this mission to make like shopping, especially feel better for all of us, like from click to like the moment it's in your home, right? For it to feel good, like through and through. 63% of all shopping searches originate on Amazon now. So Amazon has spent billions of dollars over 20 years to become all of our default, right? They've been my default there. You know, it is what it is. And 49% of all e-commerce spend goes to Amazon over a billion dollars a day. Could not get it. I mean, isn't that my, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And they're still losing money. (laughs) I know, I know because that's, (laughs) yeah, there's so much to be said there, but, but so that was this whole idea is like, okay, this is where you already are. Like we know for my whole background is in like consumer psychology and it's like, it's really expensive and hard to change habits. So you don't have to change, keep doing what you do and we'll pop up and offer it to you. And Really, the only way to change habits is to tie it to one that already exists. So, you know, it's like if you brush your teeth every night, do this while you're doing that. And then you like connect them. And so it's like eventually if we pop up enough times on Amazon or Sephora or CB2 or Anthropology or wherever, you'll start to like have that sort of like little Pavlov reaction and be like, oh, goodbye's going to pop up. Oh, maybe I can just go there instead. And that's really kind of the goal is like it shouldn't have to be hard for you to spend the way you want. Like we have this belief that the internet is like this great equalizer and it's not, it's just a place where marketing budgets and SEO dominates the same as all these other places. And so like, I think the idea of capitalism in theory is that we spend our money on the products and people that we are sort of voting for. Like that's what we're mandated to do, but it's been so hard to do that. So we've allowed this to be like a proxy, but that's not what I want. I don't want to buy from Amazon. It's just like the only results that pop up for me. And so for us, it's like, what does it look like for this to actually be an even playing field for this to not be on page 30 of your search results, but for it to be equal. And then you get to make the choice. And then it really is, you know, quote unquote, fair ish. Fair under capitalism. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Of course. (laughs) Yes. Good evening. Tonight's top story, everything is awful. I think that's one of the things like we're moving from content is king to curation is king because search is in such an interesting place right now. You hear TikTok is dominating search now. So is Amazon. And 
Google cannot be trusted for search. It's kind of a joke now. It's just like, oh, here's eight ads. And so it's interesting to think, you know, that these apps like yours and extensions can come across and open you to a whole new world. Because I think that discovery now is so difficult. It's so hard to find all of these independent sellers. Um, And I'm like on the tech side, how difficult is that for you guys to aggregate and expose? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. We both come from a tech background. So like, I I imagine that's the hardest part right now. You kind of have a double-sided marketplace in a way, right? You're onboarding the, the, the brands and the stores and also the consumers. That's really so tough. <laughs> yeah, I can take a sort of a high level stab at answering that for you. It's complex because we could spend the next 30 minutes talking about it. But Carrie and I, obviously, when we sat down, you know, to build Goodbye, had a couple very clear insights that, you know, there are many marketplaces out there with individual values who are sort of all competing and shouting at you, you know, to come to their marketplace. But I think we all experience the same thing. You've got a product need. And if it's a wallet that you wanted to get for someone for their birthday, they often curate so much in that marketplace that you're not finding the product you need. And so scale was a huge part of the importance of we needed to launch at scale with scale, which is why we focused, this is going to sound counterintuitive, on the consumer side of our business. And so to get the scale in our business, we built essentially a series of sort of proprietary scraping tools and um, that we informed and worked diligently on to understand how we were going to unveil, you know, these different businesses under different owner identities and different business values and practices. And we can talk a lot about, and Carrie can talk a lot about the certifications involved in all of these different business values, like cruelty-free and certified ethical. They're, they're strict, you know, according to Goodbye, but we built a series of tools that allowed us to aggressively pull in a large amount of businesses. And then we set the standards on those scraping tools to ensure that We brought in businesses with a good e-commerce experience that consumers, when diverted to, would feel excited about shopping at and allow those to sort of dominate our results and have values play a part in that and the kind of products and categories they carry be a part of how we kind of bring all of those into the fold. So we began our business by bringing those all in in a large swath. And it makes it sound really easy, but it was quite complicated and time consuming and obviously didn't launch a product until we had all of that built with our dev and tech team. And then once that was done for us, the whole mission was about, you know, deploying this incredible database and these incredible results to the folks that wanted to see it. And so Our sweet spot for the last 10 months, you know, we've only been alive as a product for 10 months, you know, and launched a mobile app only in in May. You know, we've now got 35,000 users on the consumer side in which we focused, you know, and those are user profiles. So there's more users than that, you know, on pace for 50,000. And they're now just now starting to scale those small business relationships. But What happened is we essentially diverted millions of dollars away from these mega retailers direct directly to small business. So we took no portion of that. We were non-revenue generating the last, you know, 10 months or so to just show people like what small businesses are capable of, what it meant when you see these humanful pages, right? We don't force these businesses to conform to our site, right? We've attracted all these consumers here that that believe in supporting these minority communities, these incredible small businesses, these independent brands. And when they do so and they click through, they experience like a fundamental shift in their shopping habits because you're no longer looking at this ugly site like Wayfair, right? We've come to expect that like that's what e-commerce is. Ew, like, no, right? You is correct. Like the <laughs> website equivalent of a WeWork, where you're just like, this exactly. immediately gives me depression. Like, yeah. it is, I get that it's efficient or whatever, but I hate it. Yeah. You know? Right. And it's void. It's completely void of the things that actually make us purchase when we're in person, the human interaction, the intentionality. And so what we've noticed, you know, by building up the consumer side of the business and the and how the tool functions is that people feel this. They come in for a water bottle and they land on therapy stores and they're like, this is 
that's a store in our tool. Sorry, I use it universally, but you know, they land on therapy stores and they're like, this is beautiful. Like look at the curation of products and they end up leaving with a $350 cart, right? It's fundamentally different experience in Amazon. And so that's a really derailed version of the answer to your question. But I think it's important to share that like we focused on scale, on building up, what does it mean to divert people not to your marketplace, away from your referral system into these incredible businesses? So it feels like you're walking into a small business, but like online, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So now we've launched our Shopify app and the thousands of businesses that have been sort of knocking on our door saying like, how do we get in? How do we become a part of this? Have come to us naturally and organically. Like we have genuine relationships with small businesses and we're looking for more, you know, and those folks are coming in at a nice clip and pace and downloading our our app and becoming a part of our network and finding ways to collaborate with us and we're just slowly sort of starting to build this sort of second side of our marketplace up. And it, it's been really exciting. I imagine there's also so much potential in the pipeline to figure out either using AI or machine learning or just algorithmically how to serve up even better products for people in the future and find solutions for them when they are shopping on other websites. And that's so funny and exciting. Yes, that is exactly it. You know, like the next step for us, as Kara was saying, as Wallace mentioned, like search generally kind of sucks. So knowing the things that you say are important to you, understanding what you enjoy and what you like, how can we just serve to you the things that you would love to discover, to have come to you without it being a ton of labor on your part? And, you know, Netflix did the really cool thing, the cluster learning. So even when you watch a constellation of totally bizarre things, you know, it's like so American too, to be like, I'm so unique. I watch Great British Baking Show and like whatever, a thriller. And it's like, no, so does everybody else. And we think you'll like this other weird thing too. And you're like, oh shit, I do. But that is the opportunity to be like, okay, here's a bunch of sort of weird things you seem like you're into, but like, here's something else that feels unrelated, but maybe really exciting. And that's that cluster recommendation as a part of machine learning that is definitely um, on the roadmap for us in the next couple quarters. Yeah, I think we hear a lot from people that they love Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Well, they love Instagram ads because they're like, I don't know, a lot of the time I get served up things that I that I think are really interesting, but I hate Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and like, yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, it is evil. It's like, fuck the man, but it's like helping me out. So like, I don't know how I feel about it. But I did need that. So I'm going to add that to cart, you know? Um, oh and it sounds like you guys are the more altruistic version of, of potentially that <laughs> that solution. Well, it's, you know, through understanding also what independent sellers face on Amazon, and you guys talk about this so much in your educational content, which is so smart, but it's actually just devastating to understand the advertising that independent sellers have to do to just surface in search results is just horrifying. But that's also exactly what Facebook does. And they're the other giant that has as much, if not more data. So for you guys, as you learn more and more through all of the different data channels that you have, what is your intention with how you use the data that you're aggregating? That is such a great question. So we take data so incredibly seriously. We are CCPA and GDPR compliant. We have been analyzed by like DOD folks. Like it's really, really, really important to us because we are asking for people to identify as part of marginalized communities. We're asking for people to qualify their business as LGBTQIA owned or AAPI owned. Like it is imperative to us that we honor and respect our consumers and our small business owners. So that's just kind of first. But yeah, I mean, our goal is to use data for good, to share data with small businesses so that way they can get stronger and better. They can improve their own SEO on Goodbye and everywhere. And really, you know, as a small business owner now, you're left with either like paying for some big Salesforce tool that's so expensive or like reading a blog post. And it's like, where are these approachable tools that are not at enterprise scale that are for small businesses that are digestible and usable and will benefit your business? So that is really our goal is to take this information from people who have self-identified as being passionate 
about supporting small and independent businesses and then saying, okay, here's, here's what folks want to learn from you. Here are the products that these people who have said that certified vegan and ethical is important. Here's what they're searching for. This is what you have, you know, like it's so cute that you call it like no more sunshine, but like you should really call it like an SPF. Or like, you know, <laughs> or like sunscreen. Very witty, but no one understands I, it. Yeah. It, it. That <laughs> happens all the time. It's like, oh, cool, like pokey things for food. And it's like, please just call it forks. Because people are searching for forks and they really like you're so, you are so quirky and cute. And by the time I get your store, I want to buy your pokey things. But like, oh, I'm not finding them. And and that's just an example. Some of our, our store owners are incredibly sophisticated and I don't mean to make light of it. Like they do incredible work. But again, this is just like a money game as everything is. And so how do we make things like bite-sized, approachable, easy for them to use that isn't crazy expensive? And so you're not competing against CB2 when you're a mom and pop furniture store or even a cool up and coming furniture store. Like it's about creating an entirely separate ecosystem where these people can incubate and improve and accelerate and grow if that's their goal. And if it's not their goal, that they can just have a really thriving, beautiful life because like we know that small businesses add resiliency to communities because they're two and a half times more likely to donate to local organizations. They're the top creator of jobs in the economy. Uh, 68 cents on every dollar stays in a local economy versus 14 cents in a mega retailer. So it's like, they're so pivotal to all of our communities that that is our goal is just like strengthening that ecosystem, providing more support and letting people decide inside of that what their ambitions for themselves are. And I think just to add to that, how Carrie put it so beautifully, but I think, you know, scaling visibility for small business, I think that is the best way to put it. I think right now, there is sort of like a redistribution of opportunity that is needed. And we kind of refer to it like that. You know, we were at a place pre-internet, pre-Amazon, where there was just a bit more fairness, right? Like you could have a business that was just a brick and mortar and survive. Unless Walmart showed up in your town. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I think scaling visibility for small business, scaling, you know, redistributing opportunity through our data and through our tools to small business. And then it goes without saying, you know, that impact is always going to be a big piece of what we do here. And already in our search results, the gooder you do, as we call it, you know, we're goodbye. But as the gooder you do, the more you're promoted in our search results. So I think there's always this opportunity that if you are not showing up as often as you should, if you are adhering to sustainability standards, if you are advocating for various communities, if you're a part of uh, adhering to any of our different values, you're going to show up more. So there's opportunity, you know, inside of our tool for another added element of, of fairness and to push even larger corporations and the bigger businesses in our tool to do better, you know, to think about their business and how it relates to the planet, how it relates to their communities, how it relates to the betterment of humankind, you know, while also still being a business, you know, and I think that's important to keep in mind is that we kind of see this opportunity with Goodbye where you know, people are always sort of thinking of philanthropy as like donation only. And we love to think of it as like, we're in a capitalist society where we work really hard for our money. And why should we feel any sort of shame or hiding our purchases for the things that we buy? I want to feel incredible, not only about the item I found, but bragging about the owner I bought it from and like really, truly just changing that dynamic as we scale visibility for small business, making everybody in the sort of e-commerce spending consumption ecosystem feel better about their purchases when they are purchasing. And obviously we're trying to also at the same time, not promote people to buy stuff they don't need, you know? Right. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but we just know we can't stop people from buying. So why not make it more thoughtful? Well, and like the ex an existential reason that we buy things is because it's a way for us to figure out our identity and project our identity to other people. So even if we are like the most conscious consumers in the world, we are still consuming. Like cons to consume is to um, exist, <laughs> you know, in a way, not to like really get out there on a Monday afternoon, but like it really is like how we sort of find our own, figure out ourselves, like push up against ourselves in the world. So 
Shopping's important, you know? (laughs) Get in, loser. We're going shopping. We have to know. We gotta know. What is haunting you guys? And I also want to add, I would be curious to know (laughs) the fastest growing kind of category in terms of your 16 categories on Goodbye. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I think that in a really beautiful and happy way, like all of them are selected in really different ways. Uh, every single one has like a really meaningful audience. I think sustainable and um, certified ethical get a lot of people through to checking out. I think that that is just like a really obvious added benefit. But I will say, and this speaks maybe to the nature of all of our attention spans, but when exciting things happen inside of different like impact holidays or communities when it's Indigenous People's Day or other things, we see a lot of support going out to these specific groups. So we'll we'll have like toggle on to support Indigenous businesses, toggle on to support LGBTQIA businesses. So instead of buying your pride shirt from Target (laughs) or like your pride yarn from Hobby Lobby, like please, please, (laughs) you know, do something different. And so I think that that is actually really exciting, this idea of like, consumption is activism in a certain way. Um, it's, it's a really cool thing we see. I think also universally, um, women owned Mm. is just always, it's a motivator for purchase. I think women truly supporting women and understanding that that is a way to put their money where their heart is, you know, Mm. is to continuously support small business, women owned small businesses, which is the bulk of our businesses. Mm. Okay. Haunted carts. Haunted carts. I've got a a major coveting issue Um, (laughs) and I also abandoned and left my 17 year long ad agency career with a much larger salary for a startup salary. So a lot is coveted right now with with some high end taste. Selective. Yeah. Yeah, It just kind of sits there. Exactly. And I I do a lot of window shopping in my goodbye wish list. So two things I'll share. There's typically shoes. There is a brand called Labouk. Um, that I die for and I buy like a different pair of shoes each season. There's a pair of studded clogs right now that I do not need, but that I really (laughs) want and I cannot stop. (laughs) You might need studded clogs. You might need them. There's some uh, (laughs) knee-high Fenner's boots. So Fenner's does a lot of vegan um, shoes as well. They're also on Goodbye. Like I'm, I'm a bold fashion person, so love a lot of color. And they, there's, I've got like four pairs of their shoes in my cart. And then finally, the most fun thing for me as a Jewish woman, you know, goodbye somehow unveils all these incredible like Hanukkah decor and Passover like Seder plates, because you don't see it in church, right? Like the bulk of of society are not Jewish people looking for menorah Hanukkah. (laughs) And so, like, I can't find anything that doesn't look like some crap at you know, crate and barrel and then no one that's Jewish made it. And it's like missing an arm of the menorah. There's like no room for a Kia. So there is a brand called called Via Maris on the tool. And I've been coveting um, a decently expensive uh, menorah that's beautiful. It comes in like four different colors. Um, I think she calls it a Hanukkah on there, which is more truthful. Um, But yeah, I've been coveting that and just a lot of Jewish decor items, which I can never find anywhere else, um, are sitting in my Jewish stuff folder in uh, my goodbye (laughs) saved, my goodbye saved wish list. Jewish stuff folder. I need, I need one of those. We also need a fancy menorah and that is an heirloom. So you can invest in it. Exactly. I will, I will share my, cause the beauty of our, of our, our wish list is they're not private. So you can make them public by sharing them with a friend. So I will share them. Crack cocaine. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Earlier when you were talking about the gift guides, I was thinking in my head, you're talking to two psychos who have very elaborate databases and lists. We've created our own databases. Yeah. (laughs) For For storing things. things. So this is a much needed tool. Yeah, seriously. Love that. I think I've got Kara and I are different in a lot of our shopping ways, (laughs) which is funny how we always end up because I'm like, I, what I, my like top craving is I've got this boat shirt from Darling Clementine, which is like a Portland based indie seller. And I love, and they have them for kids too. And I've really been sort of wanting, but they sell out so fast and the election's coming up, but I've been really wanting little like mini me ones for my kiddos. Something that I have been really eyeing is this bolo tie. And I'm like, I don't think I can pull off a bolo, 
but it's this all gold dune bolo from Authentico Goods. And it's this women-owned, Latina-owned, certified ethical store on Goodbye. And their stuff is absolutely gorgeous. They just joined and I like went wild on their store. And so it's this really simple, beautiful, looks like a necklace, but it's a bolo. And I'm like really, really feeling it. I think it's a rule that if you live in Idaho, bolos look good on you. I know, but that's what I'm so worried. I'm like, is that so mortifying? Have I been here for so long that all of my like sense of reality is gone? The answer is yes. Will I do it anyway? Probably. But I love it. It's seriously, actually, it's really gorgeous and feminine. I encourage everyone to look. And then Selva Negra, do you all know Mm. that store? So Mm. good. They've got this pair of like wide leg jeans that are like the wide leg jean, like the 70s vibe that is here. Me too. It is like I'm wearing them right now. Me too. I can't get enough. Um, And I'm thrilled. And then this last one I have is since, again, this is another real Idaho thing of me. Since moving here, I've started mountain biking and I have made myself go on like at least, and it's not a lot, like three rides before I buy myself some like new cool piece of gear. <laughs> so I don't become the person who's been to like two yoga classes and has like, the it's like, oh, so the she doesn't kit. become me. I got a lot of gear. I look good in my ski bunny outfit. I'm not skiing all that much lately. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. look so- good, feel good, do good. There you go. So that's it. I've got this whole like section of things from the store wild ride. That's like all the stuff I'm like preparing to get myself. I'm just like, if I do one cold weather ride, then I can get all the, you know, the gloves, the pants, the like cozy stuff. And it is very cute. But this is a great example of the little rules that we make for ourselves of when and when we can't purchase things. It's a fun, it's a fun game, but that sounds like you're headed in the right direction for that. Fingers crossed. I can't wait to look at both of your haunted carts on Goodbye. I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, we'll share a haunted yeah, cart. We'll you guys should share a haunted cart with your followers. Oh, wow. We can send you a specific haunted cart that is your haunted cart. We can absolutely do that. Mine has a lot of like incense and tarot cards and stuff too. So oh, get ready. I love nothing <laughs> yes. more than what my husband and I call an incense store, which is like a store that sells lots of random shit, but definitely incense. And you're like, yes, oh, definitely. I'm going to find it yeah. here. But. And I, it's like, I know. I'm like, there's the stones that like clear your crystals of energy and I'm like I don't know anything about this I want them I need those I I don't now I also need crystals apparently but I'm ready (laughs) I'm gonna commit to this lifestyle um, for it in those stories we talk about this a lot there's like those very beautiful squiggly candles and squiggly glasses that always are usually from AliExpress (laughs) yeah from an independent boutique we that's a whole other sexy unique scam that we don't have time to get into but yeah yes yes (laughs) well this was so wonderful you guys are so smart i hope you raise billions of dollars and you overthrow amazon and And all the good things happen, but how can people follow Goodbye and the two of you and like continue to support your work? I think first and foremost, they can help us by helping our small business owners and by shopping through Goodbye, especially this holiday season. You know, small businesses are made or broken by their Q4s. And I'm sure if any of them are listening right now, they'll be nodding in agreement, you know. I think even just thinking about diverting a small percentage of your purchases away from Target and mega retailers toward your own communities, whether it's through Goodbye or at your local shops and businesses, I think if they want to make it easy and use Goodbye to shop, there are a couple of different ways. You can go directly to trygoodbye.com backslash shop on any device and any browser and search with any value in mind, or just search our entire small business database for the items that you're looking for. You can heart and save and curate to your wish list, as we mentioned. You can share those wish lists with loved ones, for your pets, for your kids, for yourself, for your husbands, for your partners. All of that is done on our shop page. Um, And then as well, as you guys mentioned up front, you can download our Chrome extension on desktop. You know, we see a lot of folks using that for very intentional purchases, Larger purchases, when you're trying to compare, you know, a dresser that you're finding, something that you need to see in larger scale. And then we've seen a lot of, you know, we launched our mobile browser extension and mobile app. Um, so download that. Um, it's just G-O-O-D-B-U-I and says Shop Conscious. You can download it in the App Store. We have nearly 30,000 downloads on that already, and it's only been alive for just a couple months. 
So a lot of folks using that. And again, you can thank you. You can heart and save and share. And then, of course, always just as much and as often as possible. Don't feel shame when you're buying from a mega retailer. But if you're not and you choose to divert your purchase, like just think about it more, you know, and just continue to increase the amount of times that you support both the small businesses on goodbye and off. It's really important for our economy. It's important for our community. You know, it, it's it's just super important. And also just back to what we were saying makes us all feel better. It makes the small business owners feel better. Every time you look at that item, that's that soap dish or whatever it is you bought on your counter, it makes you feel good, whether you know it or not, you know, that you supported a business that mattered to you. I think that's kind of the, the crux of all of this. Yes. And check out our Instagram, which is try goodbye. Yeah. Also, we've got some great things. So like that post about Amazon, that was our Halloween one, scary facts, but our social team or marketing team is brilliant. And we highlight really exciting businesses and cool products across there all the time. And TikTok, don't forget. Yeah, we kind of just, we just started our foray into TikTok. Yes. Yeah, we need all those Gen Zers creating wish lists on TikTok and sharing with their family. Go off, people. <laughs> It'll happen. Oh, That's yeah. an insane algorithm. It'll We're a small you. team. We're yeah. a small team. We're doing what we can. I'm sure it will go viral in no time because you've got, you've got a good thing going here. And TikTok tends to sniff Thank out the guys. good stuff. So Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. Thank you so much. It was so good meeting you both. You too. And thanks for all the work that you're doing. Good For You is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme song is by Parallel Dance Ensemble. And our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studio. You can find more information about at the link in our show notes.